0: As a real estate agent, you know that the industry can be tough to navigate with constant challenges and obstacles to overcome. That's why we created the Agents Who Crush It in Real Estate podcast, where top-performing agents share their insights and strategies for success. Join us as we dive into the good, the bad, and the ugly of growing a thriving real estate business. Your host, Lindsay Favazza, will be your guide on this journey, so sit back relax, and get ready to learn from the best in the business. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the agents who crush it in real estate podcast, where we deep dive into the stories, strategies and secrets of the most successful realtors in the business. I'm your host, Lindsay Favaza. And today we're crossing the Atlantic, metaphorically speaking, to bring you insights from a real estate agent whose journey is as inspiring as it is unique. Our guest today is Shane Boyle, a name that resonates with trust, expertise, and a touch of Irish charm in the bustling New York City real estate market. Shane isn't just any real estate agent, he's a blend of Irish warmth, a relentless work ethic, and steadfast commitment to his clients' best interests. Hailing from a picturesque village in Ireland, Shane brings a slice of Irish heritage to the heart of New York City, infusing his work with perseverance, integrity, and meticulous attention to detail. With an impressive track record in sales, underwriting, and construction, Shane has become the go to expert in the New York City market, guiding everyone from townhome owners to major multifamily project developers. And today, He's here with us to share his journey, his insights, and maybe a little bit of Irish luck. So, Shane, welcome to the podcast, my friend.
1: What an intro. Thank you so much. I would You're... like all of that copy to be sent to me, please.
0: I will send it to you, and you can do your own little <laughs> intro with all of that used. So, That's not a problem bio, at
1: all. When you buy over
0: Rewrite your bio.
1: So thank
0: you you so much for joining us today. I feel like our audience is going to learn a lot from you from just the small chat we had before starting the recording today. Um, Because I know you had mentioned to me that you love to share and give back and you wish that you had someone like you that would do that for you when you started. So I can't wait for our audience to hear from you. Um, So tell me, take us back. How did you get into the States and how did you get into real estate?
1: um well first of all thank you i'm honored to be on and thank you so much i've i've been watching the um the youtube channel and the instagram channel and i love the value that you and everybody over there is um is bringing to real estate agents like myself and everyone else so great job appreciate it how where did it all start (laughs) (laughs) i guess i i for first of all i came to new york in 2012 i just passed my 11th birthday um and i got my real taste of america in 2008 i came over interestingly enough on a um on a summer trip playing irish gaelic football which i'm sure all your people up in boston will probably yep, know boston is there.
0: very familiar with all yeah. the
1: irish Dorchester <laughs> <stuff>. <laughs> there And so once I came into Chicago, love the city, great people, Midwestern people are amazing. And I was just like, oh, my God, America, what the hell? (laughs) And as you said earlier, I come from like a really small fishing village in Ireland. And just the whole ethos of how Americans think and the opportunity, um, I really gravitated towards. I came back to Ireland, done another year in college, went back for another summer in Chicago, 2009. And I just had my mind made up as like, however the hell I'm going to do this. I'm it's America for me. Uh, finished off my degree in Ireland in uh, business with recreation and sports from the IT Sligo. Shout out to anybody from there. <laughs> and um, I got a visa then to come to. You could pick anywhere in America. It just had to be related to the um, degree that you've done. Yep. Um, so me and a really close friend of mine at the time, Sean doubts, who was in Ireland at the time with me and we're from the same town, he, um, we had, you have like a year after you graduate to, uh, to do, to, to pick, um, to pick a city to go to, or else it would be expired. The, the year's graduate visa. Wow.
0: No pressure. No, no stress.
1: Pressure. So we were like, um, okay. There was like two weeks left. Um, we weren't figuring out where to go. And we said, let's just pick New York. Um, I had gone out on like a weekend trip to New York years before and loved it. It's like, who doesn't love New York? Why not? Go there? big or go home, I we guess. Home. Truly. <laughs> so we landed there. And I'll never forget, uh, 2nd of November, 2012, and Hurricane Sandy had just hit the city. Yeah. And then the city was in complete darkness. Uh, the hostel that we had, reached, I'd only like 732 bucks to my name. And two bags of clothes, and literally no idea of anybody here what the city is. But we were like 22, 23 and um, full of development, of course. And the city was in like this crazy period. It's like, have you ever seen that film with Will Smith, I Am Legend? Yeah. And you're going through, and there's no traffic lights on. We get to the hostel that we're staying on that we paid for for the first five days. And they have no electricity. We're going around with the lights on our phone. um, But the bars were electric because nobody was working. (laughs) (laughs) Take us to the bar. (laughs) I was
0: going to say this sounds like a horror story, but now it kind of sounds fun.
1: (laughs) So um, all of my money was spent in the bars the first two days, of course, living the life of Riley. And um after that I started to reach out to like anybody with any sort of Irish connection. It's like, hey, just landed out to New York, can you get me a job? Um, and they did, thankfully. And I got connected with um really close friends of mine still today. And they um took me up, housed me, and put us on the construction sites, and we started laboring. And um that was a real welcome back to reality here, guys, because we were, I'll never forget our first project was a massive 450 apartment condo conversion project, um, converting rentals into condos down on Wall Street. So we got a bus to the subway, the subway to down to Wall Street, Um, you're getting up at four o'clock in the morning. And I started laboring. So we, our job, because the 25 foot studs for the penthouse wouldn't fit in the elevator. Somebody had to carry them up the stairs, and that yeah. was oh. Yeah, that was us. That's what we were put to do. Yeah. You got
0: in good shape during that time, didn't
1: you? We did, but it wasn't <laughs> fun. It wasn't fun, especially
0: enough. if you were out drinking at the bars the night before. That's we not literally.
1: We were probably in the bars like two hours before it, and <laughs> the smell of drink off. Us. I well, maybe that's
0: trying. why you were able to do it. You were nice and liquored up and feeling good. Yeah
1: by the time by the time lunchtime came around we started to sober up and the reality <laughs> kicked in and um, but what it did was it it taught me so much in terms of it taught me hard work yeah. and we didn't have an option because we didn't have anything else um that we knew to do and we didn't know where else to go and this was money for us we got our paycheck on Friday and you know we needed that to survive yeah so fast forward 18 months of that and um you know, all of the jobs that nobody wanted to do is the two Irish guys that are just out from Ireland. They were made do it. And um, so that got old really fast. And I was like, respectfully, I didn't come to America to do this while I needed it. And I'm very grateful for it. And, um, you know, there, there was something inside of me like I need to do something else. I need to push myself here.
0: Well, and you said you came and you loved the attitude of like that driven, you know, go-getter kind of thing. And what you were doing didn't really serve that. So you were still kind of like yearning for that next step. Makes Yeah, sense.
1: exactly. And it just, it was really affecting me mentally. Like um, I wasn't feeling good about myself, which affected everything. So then, um, okay, started exploring what else can I do here in this country? <laughs> and a lot of the Irish people, um people at the time, they're either in construction and still probably to today, they're in construction or they're in the bar restaurant um, game. And of course, who better to be a, a bartender than the guy that's drinking there every day? <laughs> <laughs> probably so the
0: I, worst person that should have the bar.
1: <laughs> so I got into bartending, uh, real baptism of fire, because I've never mixed a cocktail before. And in New York, like everybody is drinking something or other mixed. Uh, but I... Got in a bar, eventually head bartender, um, was called O'Reilly's on Thirty First and Six, And that really opened my personality up. And, um, you know, and it really brought me out. this the first time I kind of made proper money as well, which helped with my confidence. And I got to learn a lot about people there um, and different, all different walks of life. And I really, really enjoyed it. And I really enjoyed that people connection. And people were coming into me. And I had a lot of regulars. And I was a regular bar. And I done quite well. But it sort of it capped off as well. The natural progression of that was to open up your own bar. And I was going to do that as well. And we had a, a bar identified. I had a lease out on a bar. I had a, a a mentor figure. He was funding it. And I was going to run it. And eventually I had a step back and I said, I actually don't want to be in this industry. I'm drinking way too much. I'm partying way too much. Mm-hmm. I was hitting um, 30 at the time, or I could see my next 15 years ahead of me. And it's 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 a really fun lifestyle, but you're working nights, you're working holidays. There's no weekends off. Um, and it's it's just, it's grueling. Yeah. And I was having a lot of trouble. Travel- trouble with the alcohol at the time as well so i was like i can't go into this industry because it's really affecting my life it is
0: so smart of you though to recognize that and to pivot when that was the path that you were putting yourself on like that takes a lot of courage
1: yeah thank you and it was scary it was really scary and I was like okay how can i was brainstorming with another bartender friend of mine another irish guy who wanted to get out of the industry as well but we didn't know where to go what to do um you know, the great thing about New York is there's opportunity on every corner. Yeah. And the tough thing about New York is there's opportunity on every corner. So you're <laughs> every other week at something new and shiny. And it's very hard to stay focused because people are making money in so many different ways. But what they don't tell you is the patience it took to get to there. Um, so I remember waking up. It was like a Wednesday morning, 11 or 12 um which 12 o'clock was a morning for me because i was a bartender (laughs) and he said hey shane uh look this guy just rented me my apartment he just set up his own brokerage um he wants new agents to help him run the firm or to help him go show apartments this is our chance and i was like real estate and he was like yeah man like who doesn't love real estate it's new york
0: yeah hello
1: (laughs) sure, let's go. And I was like, can we do it tomorrow? He's like, no, you have to be down here at like one 30. I was like, oh man, I'm so hungover. I can't get out of bed. And he's like, let's go, let's do it. So we did. He didn't really like it. I knew, knew from the first um, class that I took, I was like, okay, this is interesting. Um, it took me about three or four weeks to get my license. It's a really low barrier of entry to get your license. And um, we started working with that broker and we were his first two agents. Um crazy company, crazy guy, but I learned a lot from him. a um, little bit too disorganized for me, but we were loyal and you know, we were respected the opportunity that we were given and we were given uh, my friend didn't actually get into it at all, so he wasn't into it and left it after the first week. So it's just me and this other broker. Um, and we were given a list. Every day I go into landlord management companies in the upper West side of New York and there's like 40 apartments here they're open rental listings if you can bring the tenant you charge the tenant a fee um for representing them and you get paid that way and there's no exclusivity you know 40 agents or 50 yeah. agents is competing for the same apartments and whoever gets it first wins and that was really tough <laughs> yeah. really tough and i didn't you know but i didn't have another option And failure was not an option because I had nothing to go back on. I was still working the night shifts and the bar at the time. So I was burning the candle on both ends, but I needed the money. And um, eventually through Craigslist ads, I managed to match roommates together. And I started identifying the most difficult apartments that the landlord couldn't rent and rented them. However, I done not still remains to be seen, <laughs> um, but they rented and that shown some spotlight onto me from the landlord's perspective, which got me a meeting with the landlord. And it turned out he was one of the biggest landlords like has over 2000 apartments in this, in that neighborhood. And he was like, okay, you rent this here. I'll give you your first exclusive. Um, That's
0: amazing. You, you looked and saw an opportunity. To just figure it out, something different than other people were doing. You another, came at it from a different perspective.
1: Yeah, and the key was that I was doing. I was renting the apartments that nobody else wanted to because they weren't nice or they weren't pretty or they weren't like the highest priced. Um, but for me, I was like, if I can show this landlord, um, you know, my work rate, and I can bring that value to him, then I'm going to be an asset to him. Um, you know, and it and it paid off. It, but it was it was months of not getting any paycheck and not knowing, you know, that that mental struggle and that mental game was was really difficult. And I don't think anybody teaches you that. You kind of just have to go through it. And I had my mentor of my broker there as well. Um, but he was off doing bigger things and selling. Like nobody wanted to do what I was doing. Um, but I had to do it, and I had to get a start somewhere. So it was literally like literally starting at the bottom. So then I got that first exclusive, rented that, now he gives me two exclusives for the next month and then that just kept growing. And then I was able to um, take that relationship, leverage that to the next landlord and say, hey, I'm representing this guy, can you, here's what I'm doing for him, here's my track record, can you give me a shot? So then same thing with that next guy, open listings, here's my sheet, um they're not exclusives but if you rent them you know i'll give you a shot and then started that process again and then went and started that just started snowballing started like it's seven days a week as you know every age is mostly seven days a week and it's 24 7 um and so i'm managing all them rentals i'm getting them rented i've got some really good momentum and momentum is everything in this game yeah absolutely um, and then using that to then go into other neighborhoods then I started finding out that there's actually, um, people that came from Ireland as well, who have been here for 30, 40, 50 years, and they actually have some real estate. Um, so then I started saying, Hey, here's what I'm doing in this neighborhood for these guys. And they're, they're pretty big. Can you give me a shot here? And it just started snowballing. And I started collecting this book of business. Um, you know, and I, probably on my second second and a half third year i was doing like 50 to 60 rentals a year um wow. just by myself and just cranking them out and you can make really good money in new york at that you're charging wow. the tenant um which is kind of crazy and i don't know if any other market does that where the tenant uh, i'm representing the landlord but the tenant that's coming in to me uh they're paying me a fee so
0: crazy yeah it's
1: so crazy and but it's all supply and demand if you don't want to do it then somebody else will yeah um, so then that's like in new york you can get up to 15 percent of the annual rent so it's a lot of money and then um i started just snowballing it and then i started bringing in another agent to help me with the overflow um but then i'm probably like three years into the business now um i'm only doing rentals and i am started thinking to myself okay how do i get into the bigger stuff how can i start adding a little bit more zeros onto these paychecks, because it's actually probably the same amount of hours in terms of work. Um, And you're still dealing, it's a different process, but it's still kind of the same process. You're still dealing with people and people's problems. Um, But sales is sort of the next step up. So I had to, you know, I was very loyal to the broker and, and giving me my first chance and giving me my first break. And um, it just kind of ran its course where, okay, I need to step up here. I need to get into sales. I don't have enough support. So I started reaching out to broker relationships that I had. And um, then I got an interview or a meeting with a broker who had liked me, had met me from a different listing. And he brought me into Compass. Whenever I seen Compass office, I was working out of this guy's apartment. Yeah. And I was like, I no, I had no idea that there was actually brokers' offices I, I that, had are the, nice. that are very nice, very nice, and professional are, environments. Yeah, they have the entire building there on Thirteenth Street on Fifth Avenue, extremely impressive. And I'm coming off the elevator, and I'm like, "Holy oh, shit, what the hell is this? This is how brokerages are." Um, so I was sold. I was like, "Okay, now this is the big leagues. Okay, here we go." Mm -hmm. um that was 2019 i joined his team and it was sort of starting the process again um because sales in new york um you know there's a lot that goes into it here there's a lot of learning there's a lot of um you're dealing with management companies with boards with financials Mm -hmm. um of the process here is cooperative so you're buying shares in the corporation And you have a proprietary lease so you're the broker to have to explain all this to the clients so i didn't know any of this um good lesson there the market wasn't great in 2019 so as soon as i joined compass i was like oh i'm a sales agent now i don't do any rentals so i dropped all my rentals and then not knowing that it takes months and months if not years to actually start the sales process again and Six months go by and I have no money. I'm like, oh shit, what did I just do? What did I do? I know, and the market sucks in 2019. It's really hard. Um, and there's not as much transactional volume. I'm not experienced enough. Um, there's not enough business to go around and I don't know how to to source that business yet. Um, so then I picked the rentals back up again to just so I could survive. And then I just I we joined then um Another company called Triple Mint. This we're going into COVID now, mm. and joined Triple Mint virtually. Um, didn't meet anyone all through Zoom, and really took a leap of faith that these were our people. Um, who was an amazing decision, and um, then I started to get into the sales world where, you know, smaller price points for New York, um, you know, under half a million. Um, get that one done, get another second one done. We're working off online leads. And then I start to get a referral source coming up who people have worked with me in the past that are really yep. good job for them. And then that just starts to take off, which I was like, okay, I kind of remember this. This was how the rentals worked as well. And then...
0: Um, You're back to that momentum. You're starting to, to feel back. that momentum again.
1: Started to feel the momentum again. And then I um, I started calling on my... Landlord relationships mm-hmm. and saying, hey, you guys, I see you have, you're have you doing some sales now as well. Can I get in on that? Because you know me and you know you can trust me. And, it's, and sales, as everybody knows, it's no like trust. Yeah, absolutely. i with these guys and it's just a different bracket now. And they sort of see me as a, a rental agent, but now I can come to them and say, hey, I'm with this firm, we're a sales team, we're, we're a sales firm here's what we're doing and go through the the presentation and the pitch and everything. And now they're impressed because they know my work rate and they know that they can trust me. And now they know that I have the backing of other senior people with me to do that. Um, and then that just started snowballing and then that actually came into then, um, a huge opportunity, which was a ground up new development condo. Mm hmm ultra-premium, ultra-luxury, $130 million sellout that now I'm the exclusive broker for. Amazing. Um, Yeah, so that's kind of... a snapshot
0: of it. Yeah, that's so cool. I, you know, there's something that you said that I want to go back to because I think, you know, like I said, in the very beginning, before we even started recording, you had mentioned that you wish you had had someone to talk to you about, you know, what happens. And then you said just a couple minutes ago about, you know, no one ever told me that it was going to be a grind and that I was going to have to really like, you know, start from the bottom and that, you know, so take me back into that mindset and like, what would you have said what would you say to someone that maybe is in that position or that's just starting out? You know, what what would be that advice that you wish someone had said to you?
1: Um, I don't think there's a secret sauce to it. Um, you patience is patience always comes into my mind when I think about the whole process. Nobody ever talks about patience. Nobody ever teaches patience because everybody wants this instant gratification that okay I'm in real estate now now I'm going to make a bunch of money and the reality is it takes years and years for nurturing them relationships where people will actually trust you with that biggest decision of their life
0: yeah
1: um so and it's really I guess the mentality was I was always I was always really good at like look I came to this country and I'm like came to here to make something of myself. Okay. i gone from the construction, like that job, to get me out of that, to go into the bar, got me out of that, to get into um, the real estate. And it's all kind of the secret sauce there was like roll up your sleeves and just work. Um, and that sort of has paid dividends to me over the years where I'm coming here to work. I'm coming to this country to work. Like that, you're telling me, okay, all I have to do is work and I want to work, then that's great, because that's what I want to do. Um <laughs> that's what I'm here to do. But you obviously don't get that just because you're working doesn't mean you're going to get paid. And there's a lot of rejection there. But I think through through as well, on the personal side of things, I've always been listening to self-help. I've always been listening to podcasts. How are other people doing it? I mean, um a motto that I always say is every day is a school day, you know, and every day I'm always learning. No matter if I've done this thing 20 times over, um, I'm sure if I do it 21, I'm gonna learn something there new again. Um, because there's just there's so many different personalities that we're dealing with. And I'm always interested in learning, I'm always staying humble, um, checking the ego. And I think everybody, especially real estate agents, I was just talking about this yesterday with my sales manager. Um, ego is such a big thing in this, in this world, this real estate world. And um, leaving your ego at the door, which um, my wife has actually done a really good job at that for me. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, uh, check it, buddy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. Um, but it's, I guess the patience part of it and working hard and just trusting the process and you just, don't think that you're above doing the smaller things, um, going above and beyond. You want people to think of you as, um, you know, that resource and you don't get paid as being that resource. But eventually, over time, it does come. If you educate yourself, then people will trust you because you know what you're talking about. Um, you can't just say, oh, I'm in real estate and I work all over um when i got really specific into what i'd done i i I picked the neighborhood i'm that neighborhood expert now um you know and i've spent a lot of time looking at spreadsheets on buildings on what price per square foot is what amenities does this building have what are the rules of this building and then now it just it spews off me and i know it and now i'm the expert because i know it but it's all of that time that I spent that I don't get paid on that people forget about. Yeah. Um, they look at my profile today and I have all these crazy luxury listings on it, but you don't realize like five years ago, three years ago, two years ago, I didn't have any of this, but it's like everything i done back then without getting paid and just having the faith that you know if I keep on working at this, if I keep on consistently doing this and training myself and educating myself, then eventually it's going to come.
0: I love that. That's a great message. And I'm sure that little Shane would have loved to have heard that message from someone else. So I think that that's fantastic. What is it that you're focused on as far as your marketing? Because I know, like you said, you have a great social media presence. You have a great page. You, you're, you said you're focusing more in specific you know, neighborhood. Um, what is your marketing mix? What does that look like for you? What are you focused on? What do you like not going to get rid of no matter what anyone says. Cause you love it. Like what are, what are you doing?
1: Um, everything, everything, everything I can, all the time. <laughs> yes. It doesn't stop. I'm a maniac. I lie a bit awake at night. Um, thinking how can I get better? It's obsessive. Um, video is huge. I'll never forget. So a big piece of this, and I think with video is the fear and which is sort of ego-based as well that you're you're scared of what other people think but once you get away from that and you take that out of it then just don't give a fuck really
0: (laughs) i i what you just said i feel like is the first time i've ever heard anybody say that the fear of getting in front of the camera is actually an ego issue I think that that is brilliant because I've never really looked at it like that. It's like, you know, the fear is like, Oh, but what are they going to think of me? But you're absolutely right. It's who cares what they think of you get out of your own head because you're helping people. Like what you're putting out there is going to help people. So have it in that mindset instead of like, what is it going to do to you or how are people going to perceive well. it? Like, who cares?
1: <laughs> but it, it, the real question is what's worse what people think of you or not getting paid. And not having money and louder
0: for the ones in the back. It's like the. That, best,
1: I that, think was that, that was always my mentality. And I will never forget. And if you go way back to my Facebook page, which I'm not really active on it, so it's probably not even that far back, but you'll see <laughs> my first video. And there was over a hundred comments on that. And the most brutal comments from all my friends in Ireland, making fun of me for being on video and, This was the new real estate agent, and now he talks like an American because he's lost his Irish accent, and it was devastating. I was so hurt by it, but what I did was the next day, I made a second video, and I made fun of my American accent, and there was no comments, and now it's silence. I was like, okay, now I can go back to doing video, and I didn't want to do video. I didn't like video. I was extremely uncomfortable with video, but I had to do it. This... I wasn't going into the bars anymore. So I wasn't doing the networking because I was having my own personal issues with alcohol. So, how can I get out in front of people that I'm not being this social butterfly anymore? And it's on video and it's through social media. Um, and then, like everything, the more reps you do, the more comfortable you are. Um, it's like saying anything or doing anything, the more you do it, the better you get at it. Now, I'm like every I always say this to my team is like never miss a content opportunity. Um like if we're doing anything, if it's an event, if it's a listing, if we're going out for a photo shoot today, we're hiring videographers every single time. Um because just people want to see what we're doing. You know, people I forget sometimes because it's so normalized to like going around New York and seeing Central Park up oh, these beautiful listings. And unfortunately, it's normalized for me, a lot of it. But if like if I could bring somebody else into that lens, it's gold. And I've realized that. Um, and it doesn't have to always be nice and sexy. Even the other stuff that's like, okay, people are paying that much money for that size of apartment in New York. It's crazy. Um, but the point is, you're getting that engagement and you're getting your name out there. And now you're being recognized as that person. Um, and then, so video is huge for me. I love it. I I enjoy it now, and but I only love it because I don't care anymore, which is weird. And that was the sort of shift to me where I don't like to think about it. And it still amuses me. I've been doing video for years now, but it still amuses me where people come up to me who I haven't talked to in years and say, hey, I see you're killing it in real estate. And I'm like, how the hell do you know that? And I'm like, oh yeah, then videos.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. So it's like, they live forever. They live forever as well. Um, Secondly, I I started a team um, about six months ago, and I was so scared about a team, and I was so scared of that fear of the expense, listening to the noise of a slow market, listening to the noise of a recession, um, not knowing if I have enough money to pay for these people. Um, But I doubled down on myself. I trusted my gut. I wasn't being efficient with my own time. I was super stressed and trying to juggle everything and trying to be everything for everyone. And it just wasn't working. So I started a team and my first hire was a director of operations who's been amazing. And he really, I didn't want to start bringing on agents and not having a system for them to go. And here's the process for them to go. Because I'd been... Talking and I educated myself on how other agents and other teams are operating and what they're not doing right, um, and what they are doing right. And me being on a team as well, um, knowing the frustrations as that agent and as that team member, you know how can I bring value to anybody that would want to join with me? Yeah. So my first hire was. It took me. It took me four months to um, say, okay, I can afford this person. I have enough money there. Um, it's scary as F. You know, I don't know if I can continue to pay this yeah. because what am I working for? I want my own money, right? Yeah. I'm only yeah. starting to make money now um, and have nice money. So, you know, now I'm giving that away. Um, but got over that fear and got over that scarcity mindset and really committed to that, and it's changed everything. And then my second hire was a personal assistant um, to really organize me, keep on top of everything. Like there's so much thrown at me on a daily basis. Like there's 20 things in my mind and to to sort through all that, I need help. And then once I had them two people running and operational, um, then started bringing in agents. So now I have two agents who've been amazing and they can help me then with overflow um, one of them does prospecting for me, it's been amazing. Um, and the other is, um, is doing my showings and helping me on the sales. Um, and shout out to everyone on my team. Yeah, and, and then the development that I have, um, I have another agent, Noel, that's helping me out with um, the showings there as well and been an amazing partner. And through the whole process, once I've got rid of, again, the fear and the scarcity mindset, to be a, allow me to delegate, then now I'm doing more business, um, have a thriving business, not doing as much work, and I have personal time as well, but I'm able to generate more business because I'm actually feeling better about myself mm. and knowing that I can actually take on this business, service this business correctly, and delegate it out to whoever I need to. And then you're
0: giving back to other people and they're, you know, you probably see a little bit of you in them because now you're that person that's like training and teaching them. And that's got to be a good full circle moment for
1: you. I've been loving the process. And my big thing about starting the team and a blocker for me was I didn't want to give up my time um, selfishly. And now it's funny. And I was like, I don't want to do team meetings. I Anything and um, real estate related go to my director of operations and um, you know if you want to schedule something for me now it's like i go to my director of operations i go how can we um can we do start to do team meetings <laughs> can we like, like who are you i know it's completely changed um but i've been really enjoying the process because i've been through it and i've been at their stage and it's really hard and it's back to the initial um one of the questions you had is the mentality and coaching them through that stay positive, stay patient, just put in the work consistently and it's going to happen. We don't know when it's going to happen and everybody's journey is completely different. So don't gauge your success on, oh, on year two, I done this or year four, I done this. And if I'm not at that stage, then everybody's journey is completely unique and you have to honor that.
0: I think that's a lot of like going back to the social media stuff, too. I think a lot of agents, unfortunately, look at people that are doing video and things like that. And they're like, well, I'm not at their level, so I can't do that. And it's like, no, you can do your own thing. Like you can be, you know, your own person on social. You can educate your clients and people are going to react to you much differently than they react to them, you know, and you're going to build your own following. So I think that that kind of goes back to that as well. Um, this has been awesome i can't believe we're at 37 minutes like how the heck did that oh, really? even happen yeah like that's incredible but what is your kind of parting words i guess for the audience of like what you want them to take away um what is it you know you've already dropped a, a few major knowledge bombs but what um what information do you want them to you know walk away with here if it's either words of encouragement or some kind of piece of advice that you haven't given yet like what is that one thing that the audience can walk away from this with? Uh,
1: yeah I'm I'm speaking at an event next week and, and I'm preparing for that and one of the questions was um, in a challenging market what are you doing differently mm-hmm. and the and what are you doing to create um, business and, and clients and all the rest but the, the start of that question really bothers me in a challenging market it's only challenging if you listen to that yes. create your own market and block out all the noise Um. I know I'm I, I'm fortunate to be in New York and there's a lot of money around here and there's opportunities everywhere, but I'm sure in every single one person's um, market, there are agents that are crushing it in real estate. Um, so <laughs> how, did they, how, how are they successful if it's a challenging market or if it's a down market? I think we use that as a scapegoat sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and careful what you tell yourself because it's going to be true. If you tell yourself that it's a tough market, if you tell yourself that I'm not good enough, then that will be true. If you tell yourself that I can create this business, I'm going to be the one, I'm going to be the resource, I'm going to go out there and get it and do it. Trust me, it's going to happen. Um, I'm living proof of it. (laughs) There is nothing special about me. It's just that I work really hard and there's no secret sauce. So I guess... It's um, blocking out all the noise and consistently do something over time that's going to generate you business. You'll you'll get it,
0: and be patient. You said before, <laughs> and be patient because it's eventually it's going to happen if you stick to that schedule of, you know, working hard and being patient and blocking out the noise, just all of that stuff. I love that you just brought all of that full circle. So that was amazing. Shane, thank you so much. I think that, like I said, I knew that you would bring a lot to the table here today and you definitely you know, went above and beyond my expectations. So I really appreciate it. Um, if anybody is interested in, you know, talking to him more, he's an open book. I think you immediately responded to my message when I wrote to you. So I'm, I'm really bad at where to point on this, but there's his social media. Um, so make sure to follow him, reach out to him, ask him any questions. And I am so grateful that you spent the time with us today and I wish you nothing but the best and keep in touch with us for sure. Yeah, I love it. And
1: I'll even open it up if anybody's ever in New York that wants to see some real estate. Always happy to show people
0: around. Oh my God. I love that. I'll be there soon. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much, Shane. And thank you all for listening. Um, please make sure to go and check out all the other episodes that we have because they're all packed with all kinds of knowledge bombs like he just gave us. So make sure to go and check all of those out. And thank you so much for listening. We'll see you on the next episode of the Agents Who Crush It in Real Estate podcast. Thanks so much, Shane. Thank you for tuning in to the Agents Who Crush It in Real Estate podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, share it with your friends and colleagues and leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. If you're interested in being a guest, email us at info at at crushitre.com. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to crush it in real estate.